0: glad you're here. Uh, this is truly wintertime. And one of the things it does to us is it gets us out of our routine. We, we, you know, we miss a day of school. We miss a day of work. Uh, something else changes. And, and it, it's really hard when you get out of a habit. And you know, I, the, you all know what a bad habit is? Anybody got any bad habits? We know what those are, don't we? Going, going to church on Sunday We need to be doing it for the right thing and for the right reason. But I think you'd agree with me. It's a good habit. And just don't don't get out of the habit. Make make it your commitment to connect to Christ in worship every Lord's Day, every Sunday with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And, And that's what building community is all about, connecting to one another in community. I like what Pastor Jay had to say about it's not too late to connect, to connect to others in a meaningful way uh, through a small group. So we're glad you're here. Just a, a real quick update. I, I said when we started going back actually three years ago when our church community said we are going to relocate. This has been going on for a long time and uh, it's quite some time before the building sold. And even since the building sold, I made this statement. I said on the first of uh, every month, I'll give you a quick update. So here's your quick update. Uh, the, the hope we have of being in the new facilities, our new home, uh, that building is not Connect Church. That, that is a place where Connect Church, you, where you and I will meet and worship. Uh, we'll call it. We'll call the building Connect Church. But the truth is, we know that we can't. We can't forget that, or, or we will. We will mess up big time. We can never make the, the building, the church. It, it's not about buildings, bucks, and bodies. You know the big three Bs. Preachers talk about church, and sometimes they put too much focus on the buildings, the bucks, and the bodies. We are in. I believe. An exciting place, because God has called us. God has called us to connect people to Christ, to community, and to purpose. We're going to talk about purpose today. Before we do, here's your update. Uh, I still hope for an Easter service on the new and in the new property. Uh, We are on a very tight timeline right now. Uh, the, The good news is if we don't get in, By Easter, if something keeps us out, because it's not just a matter of working harder or going faster. There are circumstances, uh, oftentimes out of our control, that have to do with uh, occupancy permits and fire codes and so on. And we're working toward all those things being resolved. And so we're still hopeful. But do not, don't feel in a sense that this is a promise. Don't get your hopes up to where you're going to look back and say, well, Pastor Ed said it'd be Easter in the new... No, if we do, we will celebrate. If not, guess what? We're still going to celebrate Easter. Can you give me an amen on that? Amen? And, and so we pray. I mean, get up every day. I, at our home, at our house, Kathy and I, were praying every day. We pray together. God, please, let us, let us get in our new home by then. Uh, the other thing I want to tell you in the way of an update is that... Uh, Of the work that needs to be done, a large percentage of it—maybe seventy to eighty percent of it—is work that will be done by contractors. Contractors that have already been chosen, scheduled, uh, materials have been approved, and literally they're just waiting for their turn to get in. In other words, the Uh, carpet—that's already bought, paid for, sitting in a warehouse—and literally, when we give them the date and the and the you know, thumbs up. They will be in and out of there in four or five days. Same thing with the ceiling tile as well. So a lot of what the stuff that's going to make the building look ready and be ready is going to be done by contractors. However, we still need our volunteer team. And thank you to those of you who really jumped in this past week. Uh, We are just absolutely overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed every time I see how many of you come and and work, and do humble things. Sometimes it's as simple as sweeping or cleaning. Uh, I know some of you uh, were working. Dennis and I were working on some insulation. And uh, that was Thursday night. I am still itching. Uh, But the, the truth is, it had to be done. And so I hope you'll... Man, don't miss this chance. Don't miss a chance to be a part of the rebirth of a church, to be a charter member of a new church community. But... Don't miss the chance to help get us there. And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you as we kind of head down the stretch here that uh, you'll you'll be asking God an important question. We're going to talk about that a lot today. God, what do you want me to do? What part am I supposed to have? Well, when we say connect people to Christ, we're, we're obviously talking about in a relationship through salvation. This morning, uh, about... Uh, Right around 9.55, about an hour and 15 minutes ago, I had an opportunity to spend some time with a man. And uh, notice, you know, sometimes we, we put too much emphasis on the outward appearance, what we see happening emotionally. But this is a man who, who felt a sense of emotion that God was really dealing with his heart. And as I talked to him, I found out that he was ready to take a leap of faith. He was ready to call upon Jesus and to be born again. And and just about an hour and fifteen minutes ago, this man bowed his head and prayed and said, Jesus, I I know that I'm a sinner. I've I've messed up. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And it was one of those moments, you guys, I, I tell you, it's, it's, it's probably the most exciting thing I get to do in life, is to be there and watch someone born again, to, to see them pour their heart out to God. And that's why Connect Church exists, to connect people to Christ, but it doesn't end there. We want to connect people to Christ through spiritual growth and through small groups. And we want to connect people to Christ uh, through worship. When, when we worship on Sunday morning and we lift our voices to God, that's connecting to Christ. And so we exist for that. We've talked about that. Co- connecting to community, the importance of spiritual growth in the context of community, loving one another. We, we need each other. I'm not going to re-pre- re-preach that. I, I, the Bible is just so absolutely clear on the, on the subject of uh, we were not saved to sit out on an island by ourselves and do our own thing. Uh, some of you guys are having a real crisis right now. You, you kind of want to come hang out at this men's thing tonight but you're also thinking, I won't be able, guys, how many of you have a recliner? Be honest, come on, put it up there. You're thinking, I won't be able to watch the game in my recliner, and I might have to talk to somebody because we guys, you know, we're kind of islands to ourselves sometimes. And and, and so I got a simple solution. Put it in the back of your pickup and bring your recliner. Put it in the auditorium. (laughs) We'll, we'll We'll even run you some electricity. If the thing needs a little button to push, all that to say, connecting to community, it's harder for some than others, right? But we need each other. We cannot grow in maturity. Spiritual growth happens best together. We say that all the time. Spiritual growth happens best in community. Yes, you need quiet times alone with God, but we need one another to challenge one another. And then today, purpose. I'm excited about this one because the truth is we live in a world right now facing a, a crisis of meaning. People without purpose or meaning in, in their life. There's a, a massive explosion of teenage suicide. And, and the root cause of that is so simple and so clear. It, it's young people without a purpose for living. You don't take your life when you woke up that morning going, I've got a reason to live. God created me and I have purpose. I have purpose. And, and, and Connect Church exists to help people discover their purpose. There's been a um, devaluation of the things that God values. And and when when I say God loves you, let me just make it clear. How much does he love you? God became a man. Christ came to this world, lived as a man. And he spread his arms out and he voluntarily allowed others to crucify him because it was the only way, the sin debt, your sins, my sins could be paid for. And and when we say God loves us and you have value, we have evidence. How much are you worth? Christ died for you. Can you imagine a greater value one person could put on another? Christ died for us. And, And because he loves us, because he has, we have value to him. He wants to have a relationship with us. And, and what I have found in my study, humble study of human history and countries and nations is, and peoples and tribes, communities, is the further a people get away from God, the further they get away from God, the more they devalue the worth of an individual. And the more people feel that, the Holocaust, World War II, Nazi Germany, you're Jewish. We don't value you. Six million people killed across Europe. We will kill you. You have no value. And yet we have a, a Holocaust happening in our own country right now. That's now really important you hear my heart on this because I, I surrendered... When I was 17 years old, to take this book and do my best to preach it, to teach it, to explain it, to read it, to know it, to understand it, and to share it with others. Everything I believe comes from this book. And one of the things I am more convinced of than anything else in the world is God loves us and we have value. And, and life has value. But our country has got so far from God now, it makes sense to some people to kill a baby five minutes before it comes out of the womb. The state of New York has legalized abortion right up to birth. You say, do you get getting political. That, that is not political. Any, any more than it would have been In 1860, to stand up in church and say, God values people, it is sin to enslave another person and to abuse them and rape their women and beat them with whips and put them in chains. That was not political. Sin is sin. And what I want to help you understand here in this issue of our value, we need to allow God to direct our purpose and how we see things and our values based on not what is politically expedient, but on what God says in his word. And God says you have value and all life has value. I mean, where where do we go from here? We will become like Nazi Germany. They didn't just kill the Jews. Gypsies, gays, people who thought differently than mainline thought were simply taken and murdered. Whereas you and I would say we might disagree with somebody on a position, but everyone has value to God. And we hold that dear to us. And believing that, we seek to connect to God's purpose of communicating to everyone that they have value. And so we say we want to connect people to purpose. And, and I'm going to prove to you today you cannot connect to God's purpose for your life outside of community. There, there is no such thing as a lone wolf Christian out there doing their own thing. We are only capable of fulfilling our purpose, God gets to make the plan. And his plan includes seeking purpose in community. Now, before I jump into just two thoughts, I don't have a long message today. I want you to understand very clearly when it comes to purpose and what you do, God in his mercy and love for us gives us options. That's that's the best way to see it. You can choose what you want to do. You, you can choose how you live. And, and so let me just give you three really quick. It'll only take me a minute to kind of plow through these here. Three options you have for your life. And let's make this personal. You know, in your notes, I put it this way. Three options for my life. Here they are. N- number one, when I say three options for my life, I can choose the option of wasting my life you can choose to waste it. And I, you know, there's so many examples of that. We all know examples of people who are so gifted and yet they just waste it. I was thinking today, being football Sunday, the Super Bowl, I was thinking back not that long ago when the Browns drafted a promising young quarterback, Johnny Football. And 22 months from the time our new franchise quarterback came into the Cleveland Browns organization, in that 22 months, he imploded. He wasted his life. Would you agree with me? That's an example of a wasted talent and a wasted life. And I'm, I'm glad if you get anything out of this, walk out of here and pray for that guy like you pray for anybody else. Because God is in the business of reclaiming broken things. In fact, that's, that's what God has called us to do. But I couldn't think of it a, a bet on Football Sunday, a better example than someone who's wasted their life than Johnny Manziel. And, and, and you know, as crazy as it is, football is a sport. That doesn't even compare to how important the real life issues are. If you're a student in school, you're looking at your whole life in front of you. I, I beg you today to find God's purpose for your life. Don't waste your life. But God gives you the option. If you're in your 20s, you're young. You know, you're thinking, I got plenty of do overs, I, I can mess up a few more times. Don't waste a day. Don't waste your life, but God gives you the option to do that. The next thing you can do, I can spend. Let's make this personal. I can spend my life on things that do not last. You all realize a lot of what you see in this world is not going to last. The only thing that's going to last is is the person that you know and build a relationship with. The, The only thing you can put That you can take with you is what you give of yourself, of your time, and your resources, your talents. The Bible says you're laying up treasures in heaven when you when you do that, when you volunteer, when you serve, when you give your resources, you're giving them to something that outlives you. And that's one of the cool things about local church community. Uh, We all have an expiration date. We all (laughs) the Bible says we're born, you know, a time to be born and a time to die. And I know when you're young, you don't think about that. But the truth is, you don't want to waste it. But just as importantly, you don't want to spend your life on stuff that doesn't last. You need to ask the question. When you spend some of your time, when you get out there and and, and invest some of your time volunteering, will this last? I was thinking, Mikey, Mikey, would you wave at me down here? My buddy. Uh, We were comparing ink today, talking before the services. And he definitely has a lot more than I do, I'll tell you that. But we were, we were talking and it hit me. Here's a guy. And there's so many others here like this. I see him over there in the building where Connect Church will meet. And I see him doing drywall and finishing and hanging drywall. And, and, and I mean, we gave him a key to the building because he comes at all hours of the day and night. Why? Because he wants to spend his life on something that lasts. A home, a place where God's children can meet and gather and worship. Does that make sense? There's certainly other things. You can be home binging on your favorite or latest Netflix show. You know what I find about that? Let me tell you something I learned. When you binge, and I'm not saying it's wrong to binge, we had a perfect chance to binge in this sub-zero weather here just this past week. And, and yet, here's what I find happens. This, can I bear my soul on this? If you watch something and you like it, you almost immediately get done and, and go, what's my next thing I'm going to binge on? And then you, over a, a period of time, depending on how much time you have, you watch all the stuff that was worth watching. Did you realize that some of the stuff that is on Netflix is not worth watching? But you find yourself watching stuff because you finish something that you did like and you just kind of... In fact, Netflix will roll you right into the next thing they think you want to watch. Because they got algorithms. They think they know you. But they don't know you if you know Jesus Christ. Because you have different values than many of their customers. So don't, don't let that one suck you in. Is that a deal? Amen. To just watch something to be watching something. I, I, when I watch it, I actually tell myself, okay... Slow down and relax, because one of the things God wants us as his kids to do is to rest, to be balanced, catch our breath, sleep, you know, the Sabbath principle, catch a break. God wants us to do that. But if you don't watch it, you can fall into that trap where you are spending your life on stuff that just doesn't last. Last thing, let me give you the last thing here and, and these two thoughts will only take me a minute here today. Here you go. I can discover God's purpose for my life and spend it on what matters most. And the stuff that matters the most will last. And and, and if you want to discover God's purpose for your life, you've come to the right place. We're going to go ahead and get started with a great verse. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. And I want you to listen to the words. If you, if you circle words or underline words, I, I want you to see something in this verse that's going to be the basis of, of what we talk about in the next couple of moments. Here it is, Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. So be careful how you live. Be careful what you watch on Netflix, okay? Don't live like fools, not like those who are wise. Now, this is not talking about wisdom in the context of Scripture, Paul is is speaking to a Roman Greek culture and wisdom in academia. Scholarly Greeks held themselves out as did the religious Judaizers. The Jews who claimed to be scholars. They claimed to be wise. So Paul in writing the book of Ephesians is not saying, yeah, don't be wise. He's saying, don't be like these people claiming to be wise. That, that's the context of what he is saying here. So let me, I, I didn't want, because some of you read back and go, don't be like those who are wise, why not? Okay, it continues. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Do you hear that? God puts opportunities in front of you all the time. The man I shook his hand this morning who was ready to receive Christ, I was thinking of something else I had to do and it suddenly hit me. Oh my goodness, he's ready to be saved. Do not miss this opportunity. And do you realize God will put people in your path who need to be born again, who need to be saved? You say, I don't know how to do that. Well, then you need to learn. If you're a follower of Christ, just tell them what you did. That's a pretty good start. Okay, now here's the, here's the important part for today's talk. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I want you to say that last sentence with me. Would you read that out loud? Just the last sentence starts, don't act. Ready? Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Today, I'm here to tell you, if you understand what God wants you to do, you will have found your purpose. We want to help you connect to God's purpose for your life. So today, two essentials to finding out what God wants you to do with your life. Number one, you can fill this in. Here's a blank for you. God wants me, let's make this personal, to give him my life, and circle the word completely. Give him my life completely. You will never find God's purpose for your life if you hold back part of your life, if you don't give it to him completely. Uh, next verse, Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Here you go. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Wow, that's, that's pretty revealing. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. There's that phrase there. I, I put it in dark print. Give yourselves completely to God. Because what we're talking about right now is God wants me to give my life to him completely. There's no halfway here. There's no middle ground. You're either all in or you're really not in at all. You're really not a follower of Christ. You're in for the convenience or you want fire insurance. Yeah, I'm really not crazy about that going to hell thing. But but that's not what Christianity is. It's not an abracadabra prayer. And you get your fire insurance, you go on and do whatever you want. Being a follower of Christ, seeking to do what he wants and to follow him and live in his purpose is is about putting what he wants ahead of what you want. And so this is the part that excites me. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. In finding purpose, we can... Bring glory to God. That's why we have been born again. He has saved us and rescued us, but we give back to him our lives, doing what he wants, and that brings glory to him. So the obvious question is, here it is, it's in your notes. How do I give God my life completely? How do I make sure I got this right? How do I give my life to him completely? Uh, The next thought, I give God my life when I accept his purpose of a satisfying life. Now we're coming back to that crisis of meaning I talked about when we got started, how we have a crisis of meaning, people without meaning or purpose in their life. And, and, and what scripture teaches us is because of our value and because of our relationship with Christ, I can give my, God my life and I can resolve myself to accepting his purpose. And, and if you do that, and you genuinely do that completely, you will find it to be the most satisfying life possible. John chapter 10, verse 10, the second part of that verse. This is Jesus talking. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. If you're more familiar with the King James, Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and life more abundantly. So whether you call it abundant life or satisfying life, a relationship with Jesus allows you to find satisfaction, contentment, and meaning without needing the external things of this world to make us happy. One more thought. I give God my life when I stand together with others, others with one purpose. I give God my life when I stand together. See, I'm trying to help you understand. What does it mean to give your life to God completely? This is that part I said, when we do this in community, We discover purpose because the job of telling everybody the good news is too big for any one of us. Uh, I I don't know if you remember, not that long ago, we had a a great family come pass through here. He spoke for us in the services. Kevin Faldi, uh, missionary to Haiti. How many of you remember Kevin? Just kind of wave at me. Great guy. Uh, Watched him grow up. and Nobody here could write a check out and pay his full support for him to go to Haiti. But together, those of us who give to missions, on our offering envelope, we check apart there, we designate some above our tithe. It's a sacrificial gift. I couldn't do it by myself, but with others, we are able to send a significant check every month. Why? Because we're supposed to give the good news to people in Haiti, just like we're supposed to give the good news to people in Akron, Coventry Township, and Green. Northeast Ohio. That's what we're called to do. The Great Commission is simultaneous. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. The early church says, hey, we're going to do this home, but we're also going to send other people out. That's what we're doing. That's the purpose. You can't do that by yourself. And so I give God my life when I stand together. That's what local church community is all about. It's making a big impact in this world for Christ. It's about doing more together than we can do alone. This is a great verse here. Philippians chapter 127. I told you I was going to prove to you that the Bible says we need, to, we need to do this together. It says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you're st- what's that? Standing what? together. With one spirit and one, what's that word? See, your purpose that God has for you involves being in one purpose with others. That's why we're, we're, we're going through this process of talking about what does it mean when we, be, we begin through the rebirth of an existing church and we begin a new church community. What does all that mean? It means we are agreeing together that our purpose is only able to be accomplished in community. Jesus Christ left the church to accomplish his purpose. Fighting together for the faith, doesn't say fighting each other, okay? There's nothing you have with a problem with anybody else here that's worth fussing over that's more important than fighting together for the faith. There's a biblical principle in God's word that resolves all conflict. It's called forgiveness. Somebody's offended you, hurt you, forgive them. Move on. You say they don't deserve it. <laughs> neither did you, and neither did I when Christ saved me. Fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. What's the faith? It's the good news that Jesus came, He died. He was buried. He rose again. That's the good news. Uh, this past week, I was thinking about service and doing it together. And I I remember something. You guys can't believe how often you uh, say something to me that really hits me and, and makes me think and causes me to step away and go, wow. But I, I was talking to part of our church family, a couple, I, I don't mind They wouldn't mind my sharing their name, but uh, Marcia uh, Baker and her husband Tony. And they have worked with our kids. If you've had a two-year-old, they've worked with your kids. They love your kids. But as as things have have changed and evolved and circumstances change, they came to me and said, hey, we're now thinking about what God wants us to do. Does that sound familiar? We're going to do something different. We've done this for a while. And, and one of the cool things about being a Christian is, is you can be open to God leading you to do something else and something different. And, and sometimes when you're doing nothing, you say, I don't know what to do. Try something. We won't get mad at you. You say, I, volunteer to work with kids. Some of you are thinking, I did try that. I hated it. Okay? And the kids hated me. Okay? Well, God's not going to hold against you that you tried something. And it didn't work out. Just keep trying a few things. You know, a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then. You'll find something. You'll find your acorn. You'll find your purpose. So God wants us to give him our lives completely. But there's something else. One more thing. It'll only take me a minute to wrap this up here. God wants me to trust him with my life completely. If you don't trust God, you give him your life. That was number one, right? But you keep taking it back because you don't trust him enough. God, I give it to you, and I'm taking it back. We do that with our giving. God, I, I want to give to you what, what I think will please you, and I want to worship you in my giving. And then we panic, and we take it back. Is that, that's an example of not trusting. God, I want to, I want to take the good news to tell somebody else, and we do, and we, we give it a shot. We start talking to somebody and they ask us a question we don't know the answer to and we, we kind of reel it back in. We don't trust God enough to help us learn what the answer to the question is. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. I want to show you a verse here. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. I'd like you to read this verse with me. Would you do that? It's in your notes. Uh, we're going to shoot it up there for you to read. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Uh, take a deep breath. Let's read it together. Ready? Here we go. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not depend on your own. Don't try and figure this out on your own. Trust says, okay, God, you said do it, I'll do it. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect for the, the pastor who's, who made this next quote. Uh, he, he wrote a book a few years ago. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. Every Christian needs to read Purpose Driven Life by what has been referred to, the author uh, is often referred to as America's pastor. He's prayed at the inauguration of He Pastors a local church in uh, California, Orange County, California, Saddleback Church. Listen to what Rick Warren says about trust. You ready? Trusting God completely means having faith that he knows what is best for your life. You expect him to keep his promises, help you with problems and do the impossible when when necessary. And, And I love that quote. You put that together with trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean in your own understanding. It will get you through anything. And when you start doubting, it will carry you forward because you're putting your faith and trust in God. So today the question is, do I trust God with my life? You'll never fulfill your purpose, the purpose for which God created you, if you don't trust him with your life. Don't depend on your own understanding. Trust him. Um, I have a last question here. How do I show God I trust him with my life? Can can I just kind of bring that home for us here? Make it personal. How can I show God I trust him with my life? Here it is. Here's the answer. I show God my trust in him through my, what's that word, that key word? Obedience. There's an old hymn from years ago, you may have heard it, you may not. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. When I, I show God my trust by obeying him, I am exercising faith. I am pursuing my relationship with him. I am trusting him to do things I don't understand. I am not trusting my own logic. I show him my trust through my obedience. One last scripture, Isaiah chapter 26, verse eight. Lord, we show you our trust. We show our trust in you by obeying your laws, Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. God has established laws, principles, commands. And when God puts one forth, you show you trust him by obeying him. And when you obey him, that takes you forward by faith to the place where you really can figure out what God wants you to do. And that's where this all started. You can get out there and wing it on your own. You, you, you can kind of make it up as you go or you can get in God's word, the Bible. You can connect a community in a small group. You can learn what scripture has so that you know what his commands and his law is so that you can obey him and in turn, as you obey them, you will find yourself further ahead by faith as you trust him and that will carry you toward his purpose. And when an entire church community gets more excited about finding out what God wants them to do than they get excited about who wins the Super Bowl. And I'm not anti-sports, don't get me wrong. Go ahead, get excited about that. But let's be a little bit more excited about what God wants us to do. Let's bow for prayer. If you're here today and, and you... Hear me talk about Jesus coming, dying on the cross, paying for our sins, and you're wondering what that really means? You're not sure because you don't know for sure that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven. You don't know if you have a relationship with Christ? Let me share with you today. We're here for the sole purpose of telling you the good news and letting you know how that you can like the gentleman I told you about when we started who prayed and asked Christ into his heart, into his life. We're here today to help you begin a relationship with Christ. And after that, how to learn to trust in him and grow in that relationship. But if you don't know him, then right now, right where you're sitting, if you're ready to accept today and admit that you're a sinner, that that you, you just don't know for sure that Christ lives in your heart, you've taken a giant step toward him. And all he asks you to do, the Bible says, whosoever, anyone, that's anyone, that's you, that's me, that will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you're not sure right now, while well, heads are about, in your own words, just whisper a prayer and say, Jesus, I, I admit I'm a sinner. I've messed up. And then tell him this from your own heart. Say, will you forgive me? Tell him you're Sorry. It's not a surprise to him that you're not perfect. But confess it and and tell him you don't want to continue down that road. But you want to follow him. Say, Jesus, please save me today. Come into my life. Save me today. Help me to follow you. Help me to find my purpose for living. Those of you who know him, I hope you're seeing as we work our way through this kind of three pillars of what connect church is all about that there is a place for you that god has a purpose for you and that the church body needs you because you have value god created you with purpose so i want you to stand together with me right now would you do that heads are bowed i want to pray for you and then i want to worship and then i want to send us out to be the church to live out our purpose lord speak to us today help our hearts to hear and know how much you care for us, how much you value us. I pray no one will leave here today without an awareness of your love and value. Lord, today, there may be somebody who prayed, called upon your name, was saved. Help them to have the courage to share that with somebody else. Lord, your children who are not living out their purpose because they're not living in obedience. Lord, I'm praying very specifically that they won't be happy until they determine to live the satisfying life of obedience. So meet with us as we worship. Lord, we thank you for all you've done and what you're going to do. We love you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.